Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, good morning, Ali. Nice to be with you, sir. Yeah, good to be with you as well. And for those people that maybe are listening to this in the middle of the night, uh, good day or good night or good evening or whatever it is. But great to be here with you, Dwayne, as well. Yeah. So, uh, what uh, what interesting topic do we have today with regards to uh, our school owner talk? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I right before speaking to you now and and doing our podcast, I you know spoke with some prospects that are interested potentially some coaching with me. Uh, it, it's an interesting. Well, it's not. It, it's interesting, but at the same time, it's not abnormal. It's quite normal. Um, in our industry that, um, you know, I talked to a school, uh, and by the way, this school is not doing bad financially in any way. They have, um, they are in a very wealthy area. Uh, their tuition is, is high on the higher end, like I think it's 140 for a basic program, 189 for their higher level black belt club or whatever they call it, and then they have a leadership team on top of that. So they're bringing in some decent tuition dollars. Um, but we, we're in that catch-22 where school owners are in this mindset where they're stuck. And, um, and you know, it, it's interesting because they're not stuck because they're closed-minded. They're not stuck because they're lazy. They're not stuck because they're not willing to put the work in, which happens, as I'm sure you see, with a lot of schools, right? They just, you know, they want it. They're what Mark Cuban calls wantrepreneurs. Um, rather than entrepreneurs. However, these people are, um, they're doing a lot of things and working hard to move ahead, but they're stuck. So my my conversation with them this morning was if, you know, if I were to coach with them and help them, it would be more about me trying to get them to break the the pattern that they're in, right? Have you you done this? Yeah, and and let me just kind of uh, set the stage real quickly. This was more of an interview call, um, and that's one of the things you know, with the one-on-one personal coaching to make sure that everybody's a right fit. Um, you know, we, we make sure that we do interview calls to see where they're at in their school, see what their um, situation is, to, and to be honest with them and, and whether or not we can actually help them. So I wanted to set that stage first. I know that's what you meant, but I wanted to, the listeners to understand exactly. that that's what that, that first call was. Yeah, and thanks thanks for clarifying that because sometimes I'm I'm kind of like some I'm in the mindset where people should be understanding what I'm thinking. So thank you for that. Uh so uh so what goes on, you know, interestingly enough in this call is that um you know, I'm asking and I'm probing. I'm I'm kind of like the doctor, the TV show on the TV show House where uh whatever you Lori is that doctor and he, you know, he's trying to find out why the person's dying and uh, him and his entire team they investigate everything and anything and you know usually the show is funny because it turns out that the guy went on a vacation and he got stung by a mosquito and the mosquito ate a a berry and that berry had a high toxic level and that's why the guy's dying so all they had to do is give him something and he's all better but they wouldn't have found it unless they were able to go back and research and see what's going on and quite often um, we don't do that. So this is why I believe sometimes it's just sometimes it's a matter of shifting perspective. Um, and, you know, the sad part about our industry is that there's so much information out there, information overload, that everyone is educated. However, they're not knowledgeable. I don't know. That's almost like when I say people are hearing me, but they're not listening or they're listening, but they're not hearing. 
Um, it's kind of a philosophical mindset, but really, you know, they, they're so knowledgeable. They know everything that they could be doing. And in fact, it, it's at their fingertips. All they have to do is go on the internet and there's a host of coaches that are in, that are geniuses that could throw out ideas. However, why don't they work for one person and for the other? So, I mean, this is where it's interesting where, you know, they get stuck. So what, what's your experience with that? Like with them, you know, people who are doing all the right things, kind of, but they're not moving forward the way they could be. Well, that's, that's where the, the lie, if you will, that uh, more time, uh, more money, and working harder actually gets you um, more uh, of what you are hoping or what you're wishing or what you're dreaming that you want inside of your business. And that's not the case. Um, you know, number one, being strategic with what you're doing, knowing what you're doing, why you're doing it, and making sure that it fits, um, you know, your model first, and then leveraging everything that you possibly can. Um, and I, and that's, that's where we get into a lot of school owners, and I myself was there, um, that we were, you know, jack of all trades, but mastered of none. And without us being strategically focused on our biggest asset, the thing that we could leverage the most being our, our personal talent. Um, and then for lack of a better term, let's just call it outsourcing everything else. And, you know, so for instance, I, I've got a guy that, uh, I, I, <laughs> that I coach and, uh, you know, he and his school, um, is, it, I would say similarly, it sounds similar to what you've just spoke about with the school that you are talking about. And he, he and I just wrote it, and you, you saw it anyways, but the, the listeners may not have uh, read it or seen it or what have you, but I, I wrote an email uh, with regards to a video that you and I had produced um, and put out on the internet. And, and of course, I can put a link to it on this podcast, but uh, and, and maybe maybe it might even be a good idea to put the uh, the email there, but it talks about. I'll just give you like a, a quick overview. The listeners for an overview. It talks about you know we as school owners are are spinning plates, and I and I go back and I reminisce about a time that we were going to the circus uh, as a family when I was a kid, and um, you know there was a guy that was a plate, uh, plate spinner, and he was spinning these plates, and he would spin you know two, three, four, five, six, even get up to fifteen. You know, and that really wasn't interesting to me. I wanted to watch other things that were happening. That just didn't really catch my eye. But now fast forward X number of years later, and, you know, I, I, I was that person. I was that school owner that was spinning plates, and people were in awe of how busy I was. Um, and now, I mean, that's where I decided to become – when I be, decided to leverage my strengths and become more st strategic with myself and my school, that's where I actually saw growth happen um, as opposed to, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, we're still doing a lot of the things that I was doing before, but we're, we're doing it a lot more strategically and I'm leveraging everything or I feel like I'm leveraging almost everything than, than, than I wasn't, uh, that I wasn't doing uh, prior before. So now I have people say, man, you, you are, you're busy when I'm actually not. I mean, I have right. a lot more time than I've ever had before, but it did take that um, beginning process to get the wheel spinning, kind of like the flywheel with regards to the book Good to Great. I don't know if you read the book Good to Great. 
Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's a very uh, boring book, but it's exciting once you finish it, <laughs> uh, yeah. just because of all the stats and stuff like that. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, I, I, I was de- I'm dealing with a guy. I shouldn't say dealing. I'm helping a guy. I, I feel bad about saying that now. Um, it's, sometimes it's dealing. I mean, you know how it is when you're when you're you're helping someone, and it's like you want them so bad to get it. Is if you were, you know, you've been best friends for life, and you want them so bad to get it, and they, they just, they're not picking it up, and right. you know, that's where, uh, that's where a, a lot of the one-on-one coaching is. Is I think that it's the the, the mental uh, barriers that have to be broken in order for the for the individual, for the individual, yeah. the mental barriers that have to be broken in order for them to then move to, um, you know, the next level. I feel like right. I'm taking over the conversation here. I apologize. No, no, no. That that's all great stuff, you know. And and it's interesting. I I intro, I, I I was introducing them to the concepts of Facebook marketing, which they already have a Facebook page. And you know, sometimes people don't realize that it's not just about what you have; it's about what you do. And I'm going to use the analogy of cooking, right? You can have every ingredient to make a great meal in your kitchen. You could even have it on the counter. However, just having the ingredients doesn't guarantee that the food is going to taste good, right? So it doesn't guarantee that the meal is going to work. So sometimes we're loaded, and, and this is a problem with some of my clients as well, where they're, they have every system. And even, you know, hey, listen, I'll even put myself out there and say, like, you know, I have systems that are, they're great systems. They're steps one through 20, let's say, um, but if you're only doing one through ten, uh, you know, and you're missing ten, you know, you miss two, you miss five, you miss eight, you miss, you know, whatever, um, the system is not going to be a, a great system. It's going to work probably at 20%, you know, um, if you do the system correctly and you really just focus on the system, um, you're going to have outstanding results. Uh, anyway, so like, for example, I was talking to this one client, I was saying to them, you know, hey, listen, we got to do this with your Facebook and we got to do that. And they don't really know much about the social media um, venues. So I, they said, well, why would I do coaching and then pay you to tell me what to do? Why wouldn't you just say um, so-and-so research how to do, you know, hashtags or research how to do tagging in a photo or, and, you know, and I said, but going through the process, it's almost like telling our students, you know, okay, I don't want to waste your time in this hour, so we're going to quickly go over all the things that you should research on your own. Okay, so the front kick, research that. Um, the reverse punch, research that. And I'm going to spend 40 minutes just telling them what to research and then send them on their way. That's kind of how schools are, um, you know, uh, public schools. They, they don't really sit and inspire they don't have the student practice it enough to become good at it. They don't have them learn it to the point where they understand it and it becomes who they are, not what they do. Right? Does that make sense? Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, so this is where the struggle is. So here's my, my advice, and maybe we could give you know, some of our school owners listening a few steps to being a good listener and to become uh, unstuck or to unstick themselves, right, from the whatever point they're at. Um, so, of, of course, you and I, I know that one thing that you and I are very fond of uh, that most people probably think we're nerds is is statistics. And to me, I, I get excited about statistics. I, I really like to look at them because I feel like that Dr. House, you know, if I'm able to see 
um, that my school, first of all, most people don't even know, you know whether they have good retention or bad. I, I ask people and say, how's your retention? They say, great. And I go, well, if your retention was great, then your school would be growing. Because even on a slow average, if you were bringing in three a month, that'd be 36 new people a year. If your retention was great, you'd be growing, right? You wouldn't be declining or staying stagnant. So I love statistics. And if you learn how you could analyze statistics and then make adjustments to make things better, then you're going to see improvement. But if you just are doing it, going through the motions and don't even understand why, then what's the sense of it all? It's not helping you. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I will say that when I first started the statistics, I did not like them. I was not interested in them. But right. after finding out, you know, what they actually gave me, uh, what I was actually able to do with them, uh, that excited me. So it's, you know, it's uh, kind of like, you know, sometimes when you're going through a workout and you don't really like the workout, but at the end, um, you like how you feel. And after so many workouts, you actually feel better uh, and you like the results of what the workouts can produce. And so that's the I kind of that's the way that I look at statistics. I, I don't necessarily it, still uh, enjoy that, them, uh, that, but I do enjoy the product that they produce. Well, that's the perfect analogy. I mean, I think that, you know, like even for, you know, for people don't love to diet. However, when they lose weight, they, it's not like they love to diet. They become more interested in sticking to the diet, right? So they, they then become, some people even become addicted to the diet or the way they eat so that they, they stay in great shape. However, um, you know, for statistics, I'll usually ask people and I'll go like, well, what are your numbers? Like, what are the percentages of people that come through the door? How many people, well, let's start, how many people give you a call each month? How many people show up for a trial class? How many people do you sign up? And with this particular school that I was chatting with, you know, it was about 50% of 50% of 50%. In other words, out of, you know, 10 calls, 50% of them showed up at the school. So they got five. Out of the five people that showed up, they signed up 50%, which was two and a half people. So I said, the simple numbers are for us to go back and drill and find out what you're doing wrong. First off, you know, that's saying that 100% of the people that called, they got to come in um, and commit for a trial. Out of the, you know, let's say if, uh, you know, let's say 100 people called them, they got 50 of them through the door. Out of the 50, you know, 25 signed up. But not always do they get 100 of the people who come through uh, for the phone call. Um, you know, so the numbers are skewed there and lower. But what could we do to improve it? Even if we improved it by 20%, the numbers would dramatically change. If we improved every upgrade appointment and sale by 20%, at the end of the year, the numbers will change. And, and it's really, didn't we do a call? I forget the name of the call, but wasn't it the magic 10% or something like that we talked about? About just improving everything by 20% or 10% for the year? You there, Dwayne? Yeah, I'm there. Sorry. Um, yeah, it was towards the end of 2015 or the beginning of 2016. I, I, I honestly don't remember uh, the name of the call. But yeah, you're right. We did. We talked about that. Yeah, and it's really just about, you know, isn't it just about that little bit of an improvement? And that could be change the entire dynamics. You know, let's just say you retained 20% more students. So out of 10, um, it's if let's say your retention rate was 50%, you'd lose five for every 10 that you had. Um, and if your sign-up rate was, you know, uh, 50% and, 
And for every 10 you got through the door, you'd get, you know, half of them in, five in. So it's basically you would stay stagnant that way. But if you're able to tweak your retention 10% so that people stay longer, just 10% more, an extra maybe, you know, one or two, and you sign up an extra your 10% of people, you know, that's another one or two. So at the end of the month, you're going to be four higher than you were just by focusing on the numbers, by understanding the statistics, by improving what you're doing. And it's simple math. Most school owners could understand you want to do that with your physical um, art. You want to get better at your kicks, better at your fighting, better at your punching, better at your kata, whatever you do, your ground game. Um, you just got to get better at it. We always work to improve it, yet with our business, we're, we're stuck in the, in the blender. You know, that's what I, I called one of my seminars in Vegas, you know, being caught in the blender where we jump in, we do the same thing over and over again, day after day. And then when we look at, finally take the time to look at our numbers, the end of the year, we're where we were the year before. With no yeah. growth at all. So we have to change that dynamic. So anyway, long story short, um, that's my suggestion. What do you think? Like, what is it, what is your thoughts on, you know, changing? What, what do you do to shift that mindset? Like, what does a school owner do to understand that? Well, I think partly it, it uh, depends on your relationship with the school owner and what they will allow you to, you know, like the personality and the relationship that you have with the school owner. Because some school owners, you can, you know, you have to coddle a little bit more than others. Um, others, right. you can just point, point Blake, say, you know what? Hey, look, <laughs> this is the way it is. This is what you need to do. This is why you need to do it. Um, and I, 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 the other thing, too, is the um, – the the little epiphanies that school owners will have as you know time goes on as you coach them it's like your own students when they have those small epiphanies and then they you know their their training excels uh for a period of time until they they hit the next constraint and and that's the same thing with um you know with helping other school owners is you know they will break through that and then hit that next constraint and which is wonderful because then you get to see that growth that occurs and then you help them through that next that next constraint and, and it reminds me of um and I've, i use this phrase even with our own students and but it's so true is you sometimes you can't read the prescription on the medicine bottle when you're on the inside you need somebody right. else from the outside to to be able to read that and the nice thing is is you know somebody that's already been there done that uh, has gone through it, can see it a lot faster, a lot easier. Um, you know, it's again, you go to the doctor because you hope that that doctor has seen that uh, uh, that illness or disease before, and they're able to go, yep, that's exactly what it is. Here's what the prescription is. Go ahead and take it. Um, and right. that's what I, I believe a good coach does is that they're able to, um, and, and maybe they haven't gone through every single thing, but they're able to see the signs on where this is headed, too. Sometimes it's even you haven't even got, went down that bad path, and they're able to deter you from even going down that bad path before you ever get there, which is wonderful. Um, well, yeah. But I, I, go ahead. That's, go ahead. I, no, I was going to quickly say it, but I think it all has to do with the relationship that the coach has with the individual that they're coaching on how hard and how – yeah, just how much they're able to push and encourage that individual. There, ha there has to be what I was going to interrupt and say is that there has to be trust. I mean, if you don't 100% trust your coach or if you don't 100% trust your martial art teacher or your counselor or um, your, your, you know, physical trainer, um, 
there's always going to be that percentage of reservation that you have times what I, I call two uh, against you. So in other words, like if, you're, if your coach says do this and do that, but you only do a portion of it, like for example, I'll teach people about my referral program and I'll tell them to do steps one, two, three, four, and five, and they'll, they'll adjust number one to be their own way, they'll change number two, they won't do number three, and then they come back to me and say, yeah, I tried your referral program, it didn't work. Well, did you really do it? Well, yeah, I, I did it, but I didn't do it exactly. And they want to put their stamp on it. Somehow, the martial art ego always gets in the way where they have to stamp it as their own, so they have to alter it in order for it to be their own because they feel embarrassed going, hey, I use Ali Alberigo's system or Dwayne Brumman's system 100% in my school. You know, it was Ali's idea and it's working great, but they feel funny. I mean, they don't have to tell anybody that, but they feel funny, so they have to change it, alter it, switch it. And then the percentage of success they have is lowered, right? Um, anyway, so for me, I think that that's important. It's getting past the ego. And like you said in the beginning of the conversation is knowing when to hire or be, you know, get people that know more than you to be able to trust in them and, and just listen. Well, and that's, I mean, if you think about it, that's what we did when we first started martial arts. We started with a, an individual that, um, we knew knew more than us and that could teach us the information that we wanted. Um, you know, with your art, with jiu-jitsu, I mean, you think about, or excuse me, uh, ninjutsu, you, you think about, um, you know, you've got a collection of the best choice of movements, if you will, with regards to um, the stand-up game, ground game, and close game, you know, where uh, some other traditional styles, maybe they went, you know, maybe it was a taekwondo style or, or a tung sudo style or whatever, um, you know, they learned uh, stand-up or what have you, but then their grappling game wasn't there, so they went and got a grappling coach. And it kind of reminds right. me of the, the how MMA people hop around from coach to coach to coach to coach to get specific knowledge right. in one area, which is not a bad thing with regards to, you know, if, if you're – if your, uh, you know, your coach per se, let's say like um, your martial arts coach, uh, you know, the martial arts business coach that you have, you know, they, they can teach you X, Y, and Z, but you know that they're, they're missing another letter. It's not, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing to go find somebody else that can teach you that other letter because if they don't know it or they don't have, it, I mean, I would ask them first, you know, do you do internet marketing? I mean, if, if they're a great business knowledge, but they have never stepped in the internet, and now you need so you need to go find somebody else that's going to teach you the internet. Now I would say most martial arts coaches nowadays, I think have have done all that with with regards. But I'm just I'm throwing that out there where you know you you go find what you're looking for. Um, if right. the coach that you currently have you know doesn't give you what you want, then you need to go and get it from somewhere else. Yeah, and, and you know what, Dwayne, too, and it's an interesting thing because if you're not in a massive rush, um, that's where that old martial art, traditional martial art saying is, it's better to search for five years to find the right teacher than to train for five years with the wrong teacher, right? So um, I tell people that all the time. Once you've found someone that you feel that you could dedicate your life to training under, um, then you should dig in and do that 100% to learn how to do that. And, and, and I think that 
Um, the problem with MMA is because it's such a short span of training, you know, you could get a guy like, you know, Roy Jones, I think it is, or Jones, um, and uh, he could come from a wrestling career and, and quickly go into the martial arts and learn MMA and dominate. Or, uh, you know, but did he spend a lifetime in the martial arts? No. Um, so so where, where, you know, if you had all the time to become amazing, um, you could spend more time trusting in that individual and have them tweaking you. And that's what I do with coaching. And sometimes for one guy I had to get rid of as a client because he'd be, you know, he'd cut me off mid-sentence and go, okay, Ali, just give me the information. Don't tell me about it. Don't tell me the story. Don't tell me why you do it. Just give it to me and, and we'll do it. I'm like, no, you need to understand the reasons why we do it before I just give it to you because then it's just an empty lesson. Right? It's never going to be impactful for you because you don't understand the reasons behind it. Why we, you know, why we worry about our stats. Why you and I care about our stats. Because there's much more behind it. Much more that could change if I understood it and understood the reasoning of why we took it. So anyway, that's why I say sometimes people need to trust. But I agree with you. If you can't, you know, listen to your teacher, you go after a grappling coach, you know, and, and do that. But, um, you know, at the same time when it comes to business, Sometimes it's about tweaking and getting better and finding out what you do wrong and tweaking it a little more and getting better. Sometimes people don't want to take that time and their ego won't allow them to do so. Does that make sense? Well, and I, it, it does. And, I, and it, goes, it goes back to what, you, what we were talking about, I think, originally, is that for that first interview call uh, with a prospective coaching client and making sure that we are a right fit, um, you know, it, it's – I, it's not all about the money. I mean, obviously, it, it you, 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 we provide a service. There's going to be a cost that's involved. We all understand that. But we want it to be a win-win-win for everybody. And so the three wins, obviously, is it's a win for us as a coach, um, not just monetarily, but we're, we, the satisfaction that we get to have um, and feel because we genuinely help somebody um, – you know, become more successful. It's a win for the school owner because right. they they become more successful, uh, not just financially, but they become more um, intellectually <laughs> financial right. with, with, with how to run the business, the whys, not just the whats, but the whys on how to run the business. And also that their students, you know, the students benefit because now the business is not only financially more sound, which allows a lot more security for, um, the, you know, the students, but it, it also will make that individual a, a, a better um, instructor, uh, a better person to, you know, as a mentor, because now they're going to be able to take some of those lessons even that they learned from a business coach and put them into practice into their classrooms as you know, teaching their own students, not just, you know, philosophical things, but then some also some practical applications. You know, I, I mean, like I talk about, obviously, you know, because I run a Christian martial arts school, I talk about with my students, you know, the, 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 the whole idea of tithing and about giving. Even if they don't uh, subscribe to that, that giving in and of itself gives back to you, you know. Uh, there's a, the, the universal law of, of, you know, when you give, you do you do receive. It may not be monetarily, but you do receive even satisfaction about helping somebody out. So uh, there's a lot of principles that the school owner then can, once they learn from their coach, that they can also trickle down to their students and then staff as well. 
I mean, the, the staff that they get. So there's a win-win-win all around by, you know, finding the right coach, by staying with that individual for – I mean, I, I can remember going to um, – I, I had a martial arts coach uh, before, you know, and I, I left that coach because I wanted to go with someone else that I felt gave me uh, – like, I was more on page with them. You know, that the other right. one was not, you know, wasn't good, but uh, I was more aligned with with their beliefs and how they ran their school and what their vision was for their school. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly the same vision I, I, I have for mine. So let me figure out what you're doing, or, you know, type thing. And, I, I, and let me just throw this as a side note, too, just for those people that are being coached by uh, someone or looking for a coach. I think this is a very good question to ask. Um, it's not what you are doing right now to make yourself successful. What did you do when you were in, and this is probably a whole other call, but what, what did you do when you were in my position? Meaning, you know, and this, this is one of the questions I asked at that time, and this was probably about, you know, 10 years ago. But, uh, you know, I said, you know, what, what did you do when you had, you know, um, a wife and, you know, young kids and the, the, the business was new and how'd you juggle everything? You know, I, I mean, yeah, I want to know what you're doing now too, but you know, what you're doing now is not even, I can't even do it right now. I can't be where you're at right now. Cause I haven't gone through the fire yet. Uh, right. You know, I have, I haven't built my business. And so I need to know what you did now, you know, then to, to do that. Does that make sense? And I know I'm probably getting off topic here, but I just I kind of felt that that was Absolutely. something that needed you know, to be said. I, I think that that's, that's funny I, uh, because I had a student once uh, years ago, and I just recently saw this individual. Uh, it's been probably 12 years that he hadn't trained with me. Him and his daughter both got up to brown belt, and they didn't want to commit to my two-year black belt program. And I said, well, you know, you, in order to become a black belt, you got to commit to the program. I'm not going to teach someone knowing that they may quit a year later. I want at least two years so that I know you're going to get past your probationary black belt, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, well, I, we don't need that. We already have the black belt mindset and the black belt attitude. I said, it's impossible. You're not a black belt. He goes, yeah, but I understand what it takes to be a black belt. I said, no, you don't because you're not a black belt. He says, yeah, I do. I go, well, that's like saying if you're not a parent, you understand what it's like to be a parent. In theory, yes, you can understand it. In concept, you could read books. You could even, you know, sit alongside a parent and see what they go through, but you will never, ever know. And I had this argument with parents when I, would, was, when I wasn't a parent, and they'd say, oh, you'll see when you become a parent how you, you act. It's so easy to say, just make them do it. Just tell them to do it. And I'd go, listen, I would get offended. I teach 250 kids. I know what it's like, you know. And then the minute I had a kid, I realized I was totally wrong. I didn't know what it was like. So anyway, just in theory, it takes a lot more to really the reality. So that's why sometimes a coach could fast track you past that. What do you think about that? Well, and that's what you want from a coach is you want them to fast track you through all those hurdles and, and hiccups and downfalls and pitfalls and things that you may may have you may not have ever seen and and would have brought you down that road or maybe you would have seen but you would have had to go through the school of hard knocks and not have learned it and that's why it's so important for like that you spoke about that individual that I don't want to know the why Ali just tell me what to do well it's important for them to know the why because if they don't understand what the why is even before the do 
yeah, they could do it. And then when it's not working for some odd reason, they wouldn't know why it's not working because they didn't understand the why concept prior to the do concept. Um, and, and it's that it's, why wouldn't you want to know why? I mean, yeah, cut to the chase maybe, but I mean, come on, we, we, in order to become an entrepreneur, not a wantrepreneur, uh, like, right. you know, you had stated before, you have to know the why. And, and you know, that's why I feel that many, um, many MMA fighters that are on the top one minute, they lose. Like, even it was sad. I, I saw Ronda Rousey on uh, an interview on the Ellen show, and she said that she lost. She was contemplating suicide, and she was depressed. I know. And that was, and, yep. and I was very – I was very annoyed to hear that, not only because, uh, you know, this is a person who was a martial artist, um, not an MMA fighter only. She was a judo practitioner, but then again, she was always in the competitive aspect of the martial arts. So I think that sometimes by being forced, my students forcing them through trials and tribulations, the, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears, and, you know, the, the contemplation of, man, you know, Sheehan Ali is a big jerk. I can't stand him oh well, in the next month oh, I really love him you know like and I had that relationship with my teacher where sometimes what he said was absolutely meaningless to me later on and, and made no sense whatsoever and I thought it was just ludicrous and stupid um, only to find out that it was genius when 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 I finally the lesson hit me um, you know when the student is ready the teacher will appear so the same thing goes with coaching and the same thing goes with business I mean you could always be searching for the systems the the plug-in plays you could always be searching Searching for um, what to do's, but like you said, if, if you don't know why it ticks, you know, once the engine breaks down, now you have to just go buy a new engine because you don't know how to fix the car or fix the engine. So you might as well just go buy a new one or find a new system or buy something fancier. Or and that's what a lot of school owners do. They search from and jump from one thing to another. In Buddhism, they call that like a you know a wild monkey jumping from tree branch to tree branch. You know, so uh, anyway, I think that that's an interesting theory. So, yeah, anyway, this is some of the good stuff that we give. I, I, we've been on for quite a long time. I don't want anyone to get a little distracted, but I think that we uh, we really covered a lot of the mindset around why you get stuck and why you shouldn't and how to work past it. What do you think? I do, and I think this is a good point to probably end the call and, and just encourage everyone to – um, you know, if you have any comments, you know, please let us know. Um, if you have any other topics you'd like us to cover, let us know that as well. Also, you can subscribe to School Owner Talk via iTunes. Uh, there's also Android uh, ways to do it, too. If you go to schoolownertalk.com, you will be able to get all that information there as well. Plus, there's a whole bunch of other goodies uh, that are uh, freebies at schoolownertalk.com that you can get access to, too. So, Allie, uh, thank you, and I uh, hope everybody uh, – picked up a lot of great stuff with regards to the mindset and understanding the, you know, that it's important to know the whys behind your business. Yeah. And share this with friends, people. If you're, if you have a friend that's in the business, the martial art business or something that is like-minded or similar like yoga or a gym or anything, personal training, all of the lessons that we give out are really pretty much on target. If you're in a service oriented business, um, you know, you could certainly use what Dwayne and I talk about. So share this um, with your friends. And if you're if you're fans, and I don't use that like you know in that way, but you like what we do, you know, help us get the word out there. Tell others to you know about us. You know, share our Facebook page. You know, tell people to check out our calls, our podcasts, and so on and so forth. And and help us help others. That's really what we would love from you guys, and love to help others. 
So thanks, everybody. Thanks for being on the call with us, and you having an amazing, you know, day or night, wherever you're at, and, uh, and hopefully this is uh, beneficial to you.